Escape from Plan A. We're trying to have a conversation. No, no, no. You're so not in the frat. Get out. Guys, I gotta pull up. No, no, don't try to. What's your major, dude? Economics. Oh, I bet you read a lot of garden wood, huh? You read your garden wood and you regurgitate it from a textbook and you think you're wicked awesome doing that? And how about them apples and all that garden wood business? I have no idea what you're talking about. You are an idiot. You are an idiot. Does, does no one know who Gordon Wood is? You know what, Cheesefoot? Go get the stun gun. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Escape from Plan A. I am your host, Oxford Kondo, and we have a reunion of uh, the high school podcast that we did a couple episodes back. So I'm very happy to be here with uh, Mark. Hello, everybody. Diana. Hey, everyone. And Teen. Hey, what's up? Good to be back. I think that was a that was a fun one, so I'm looking forward to uh, continuing it. Yeah, I mean, we got some really good responses. It was like a more of a personal episode. Uh, one of the last things we talked about in the last pod was, you know, was high school or college more memorable f- for you? I, I posed that question to you guys, and I think all of us actually said college, right? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, this episode is, is going to take, you know, the logical next step uh, into college and just talk about our experiences. But before we go on, oh, uh, let me just say, if you like us, please... You know, rate us five stars on iTunes and stuff. We're we're also up there towards the top of like Asian American pods. We're, there's there's a surprisingly large number of them now, and uh, we're we're kind of up there. We're we're doing well. Yeah, we have we have triple digit uh, ratings. Uh, let's let's hit four. Come on, guys, we can do it. So please please go do that. Uh, but anyway, I just want to rant about something. Uh, maybe we can make this a, a call it like ornery Oxford or something. So what happened was. <laughs> few weeks ago, um, there was an event that I found. It was called Emo Night. Now, I w- I'm not like the biggest pop punk slash emo fan, but that was really uh, a lot of the music of my high school because that was like early 2000s. And that's what, when I was in high school. And, you know, I still listen to that music. I like it, like genuinely like it. And I saw this event was happening. So I thought this would be like a fun, uh, you know, kind of like silly, uh, nostalgic, but still, you know, genuine event where people who grew up with this music would go and... Uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek dress up in, like, black or whatever and just, like, remember what it was like. So I went with my friend, and it was a, it was a fucking disaster. It was just the worst... Okay, first of all, uh, the w- w- worst thing was... So, so it wasn't like there was a cover band who was playing these songs. I've been to events where it was, like, 90s nostalgia nights where it would be, hmm. like, a band, and they would actually play, like, all these classics from the 90s, and those are a lot of fun. These are a bunch of fucking douchebags on stage with, like, a MacBook... And they would just, I guess, play their Spotify list or something, and they just dance around. It was like, just a DJ night. Like, like I don't even want to call them DJs. They didn't even have like a fake turntable. It was just like a, it was just like a laptop. Didn't even. The oh worst God. thing was like these guys weren't even like dressed up like, you know, in, in that like typical like punk or emo thing. They look like. Ha- have you seen like the Fire Festival documentaries? Oh God! Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. They look like the fuck Jerry guys. They oh, look like like. Fuck. Like bottom of the barrel discount, like Adam Levine, Macklemore type of guys. Like they're gonna, like they're gonna break uh, out in a hot yoga session anytime. Like, uh, like they're, yeah, like they're getting ready to rape lights somebody. up. Yeah. Time for yeah, yoga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're probably gonna try to, you know, uh, use a date rape drug, drug on some like twenty-three okay. year old or something. So uh, it was them. Uh, none of the crowd was really dressed. Like I was like just dressed in all black, and I was like one of the most like dressed up people there. That's how bad it was. <laughs> and. My friend and I are there, and like we're, we're like trying to get into it, and we just look, look at each other. And, and every like ten seconds that goes by, we realize this is shit. 
uh, we hate everyone here, and now we're starting to hate ourselves for being here. Are these like I'm people like, in your age cohort? Are they around your age? I think more or less. I think there were also some young younger people there who didn't like. They would have been a little too young for this music. There were definitely people who were, who looked like late twenties, early thirties. Where was this, the by prime. the way? Uh, uh, that, that was another was thing. It in was Brooklyn the Bro- somewhere? The Brooklyn Bowl. Oh, okay. Oh, in Williamsburg. And, yeah, and I didn't I didn't know what this place was, but as uh, I, when I told my friend it was there, he's like, my friend's like, oh, that's where we have like our corporate events. So I was like, oh shit, yeah, yeah. That, that's not a good sign. Brooklyn Bowl is no good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and um, that that's what that's what just was so bad about it because like this music. Uh, I know it's it's like silly suburban angst music that everyone knows that, and because of that, it's very like delicate. You have to be completely into it. If you if you are like cynical about it in any way, it just completely collapses. Because as I said, it is a bit silly. Um, so when you have something that looks like this astroturf Buzzfeed nostalgia bullshit, it it just you know it just did not hold up. We left after like four songs. And it, we left when one of the guys, uh, okay, I think it was one of the guys' birthday. They were like pouring champagne in each other's mouths, like they're some kind of, I don't know, frat uh, boys or whatever. Who's the who's who's the Instagrammer guy that does that? Oh, the Carol, Carol. Oh God, right? fuck, I hate that. Yeah, shit. from the American yeah. meme. Yeah, oh, exactly. God. It was like that. And then one of the guys like takes off his jacket and uh, his shirt says like, "Check out these guns" with with a Z. And that's mm. when my friend and I were like, "Fuck this." Oh Jesus. Yeah, and, and what Luckily, was the racial? What was the racial makeup of the crowd? Oh, like totally white, completely uh, yeah. white. In fact, that was also depressing. <laughs> I was wondering um, what kind of Asian feels comfortable in this place. And were there Asians other than you? Oh, <laughs> uh, there were like a few, uh, not too many. Yeah. Uh, luckily, my my uh, friend and I were rolling on Molly, and this time it actually worked. So we went back to this place and we just like chilled out, listened to some jazz, and it actually turned out to be a pretty fun night. Uh, but oh my god! Oh, this is your I mean, second ba- time on Molly. Yeah, it was actually good. Like I, when I take when I like smoke up, for instance, I, I get very antisocial. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's not the right word. I just get very withdrawn. I I, I kind of sure. have like negative negative thoughts about whoever's in there. But this was actually very mellow. Uh, I wanted to talk. I felt very good. So I highly recommend. It. If you guys haven't tried it, uh, listeners, please please go do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have this theory that you have to do it at least once. Like, the first time you do any drug, you just don't feel anything. And then, like, you, your, like, system builds up some... I don't know. I don't know what it is. But, like, the first time I It's smoked, like priming it. Priming it. Yeah. 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 Like, you, <laughs> you need it in your system already, like, previously. Yeah. I don't know. So, anyway, I, I just had to get that off my chest because uh, I'm so ashamed I went to that thing. I should have done my research. Um <laughs> Yeah, at, at least yeah. I only dragged one other person to go to it. At least and you weren't trapped on a Bahamian island. I mean, you were you were just in. That's true. You true, were just true. off the L train, so you could just get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. I don't think Williamsburg is friendly to anybody besides like white hipsters anymore. So yeah, I would just avoid yeah. that whole area. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of Asian people in Williamsburg these days. Young Asian oh, hipsters. Really? Yeah, well, because like, like a lot of professionals that live there, they got they got like really nice, well, supposedly nice. You know, condos with all the amenities, with like you yeah. know, like a they don't know, they don't they don't date like each other. Coca Cola fountain or <laughs> yeah. something. They so. don't they don't date each other, but they're they're there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, when I walked by there, there was this big advertisement for uh, Bullet, the the bourbon or yeah. whiskey thing. Yeah, that's yeah. bullshit. It, it, bullet it is like, bu- bullet is bullshit. But yeah, yeah, and and the uh, and the advertise the I guess the copy was just so nauseating. It's like. He's like, this is for people who don't care about how much they make. People who want adventure. Like, this yeah, bottle costs off. like sixty bucks. Like, fuck, fuck that. Of course, you have to care about 
you gotta have some income to drink this shit, you know? It just <laughs> and it's a, it's crap. It's, it's crap. crap. It's crap swilled. Adam, you know that you know that giant fucking. Uh, it's like an OEM manufacturer of whiskey yeah, over yeah, in Tennessee yeah. or whatever. And yeah. and they people just like buy it and then slap a label mm-hmm. on it and mm-hmm. then call it's it like small chocolate, batch. right? It's like it's like Mass Brothers chocolate, right? Where they take like the um No, but I'm saying they don't the, even I mean yeah. at least Mass Brothers at least makes their own substandard chocolate. Nope. No, but they don't. They don't no, even they make don't. it themselves. They just no. buy it from some like No, OEM. they buy they they buy it. That's so depressing. Well, I, I well according to the article they they when it was like good apparently they they imported it from this French company now they tried making their own now it sucks I don't know I'm not gonna pay that much for chocolate well, anyway yeah, so, okay. for so, bar, so, so they so they yeah so they used to Charlie Wonka. so they they advertised it as like they always made it like from scratch like in a bathtub in their fucking apartment right yeah they they <laughs> sailed the uh, they, chocolate beans from in, in a schooner right? yeah. <laughs> So yeah, no, they rode it across the ocean yeah. from the they, they, right. So, but they had actually been buying it, so it was still it was good because it was consistent. You just melt it down and you like make it into bars. Uh, Oxford, you're saying that they um, try to make their own now. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's there was like a controversy like a few years ago, but people noticed it. You know, like chocolate snob. They're like, why does it suddenly taste different and worse? And it was because they started making their own chocolate. Well, yeah, it's they tried to actually that's, do the hype. That's the all. Hype, that's all do marketing it. these days is like they yeah. sell you overpriced products that are like you know moderate in quality. I'm not going to say they're crap. It's not. It's not as crappy as you know a chocolate bar you buy at CVS. Like when you're checking out, it's better than that. But it's you know relative to like the premium product, it's like whatever. And uh, what was that? What was that phrase? Like premium mediocre. Yeah, it's all pretty immediate. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. then they put they but they put some, you know, origin story behind everything. Everything has a myth now, right? And this, you know, Mass Brothers sails their shit up for on a schooner from the Caribbean and uh it's just it's it's it bullet bourbon is for people who don't give a fuck and uh it's just like yeah. all right, just get out of my face. Is it uh, bad that my favorite chocolate is just like the dairy milk chocolate by Cadbury, just like pure sugar, just that's like, fine. That's Very fine. light brown. I hate dark chocolate. I don't know why anybody eats that. If I want chocolate, <laughs> if I'm eating chocolate, it's because I want something really sweet, something really melty. Hey, that, it's, it's fine to like that stuff. At, at least you're not fooling yourself into thinking that, like, you know, it was sailed across the ocean and, like, ground by hand and shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should just uh, devote this part to shitting on premium media. <laughs> Wait, no, by, no, which, no, by we, the we, way, we should link that article. Uh, it's that Venkatesh. Is it Venkatesh? Yeah. yeah. He wrote this article called Premium Mediocre, which I found extremely entertaining. Uh, yeah, we'll link it. I think I think people should read it. Yeah, it's okay. a great article. Yeah, actually, yeah, we should actually we should do a pod about that. But yeah. you know, we we have a plan. Uh, we should stick to it. So um, that. Uh, rant aside all right let's let's uh, talk about college um and i think it's i think for asian americans i I recently looked up the stats it's like asian americans uh, by far i think have the highest uh percentage of people who have bachelor's or more degrees okay something like 50 percent the average uh, americans as a whole is about one third 30 to like 33 percent wow that's a big that's a big gap it's a big big gap gap. and it it is uh you know Still, you know, that still means like half of Asian Americans either don't finish or don't go to college. But uh, I do think for Asian Americans more than uh, the average uh, American, it is something that is ingrained in us, especially because if we have immigrant parents, a lot of them do want us to go to uh, university, like a four-year university. So it is something that is, I think, quite central to to the Asian American experience. 
So how, how did you guys feel? Like, okay, you're like 17, 18, you're approaching the end of high school. What did you think about going to college? Uh, Diana, why don't we start with you? I was looking forward to it. Um, I I guess I hung out with like friends a lot the summer after high school and before I went to college. So like a little bit, I was like sad to leave. But then when I got there, I was like, yes. Holy <laughs> yeah. shit. Oh, my God. Like that was Berkeley, um, right? Yeah, yeah. It was so... Oh, yeah, which, uh, away. Have you, had you been there? Uh, I guess you visited and stuff. I, I didn't even visit. I was just like, all right, I'll just go. Oh, really? oh you just showed oh, up? Okay. Like, you've never been there before? Yeah. That's brave. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's brave. Ooh, that, that's, that's quite risky. That's uh, yeah. I like that. Very daring. Well, um, my, uh, yeah. my parents had a family friend who, like went there and she really really um wanted me to go there so i was like okay it's probably gonna be fine yeah and then i like the campus was freaking gorgeous and like everybody yeah i mean just i love berkeley yeah like uh it was the first time i was in an environment that wasn't like where i like i felt like there was more people like me than not and i mean because like my i had two roommates uh, one was um, Indian and one was from Hong Kong. And they were just like so nice. Like everyone was just super inviting and warm in a way that like I've never really experienced before. And yeah, it's just awesome. like, yeah. So like that that's combined, the way to go. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, like um, I think um, uh, there was some 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 people talking about like white freeze, you know, how like like uh like uh if somebody is like racist to you like a lot of times they won't necessarily show it they'll just be like cold in a way that mm. like oh, yeah, yeah. is like weird and you can't really articulate what's wrong but you know something's wrong so like that was gone and um i was just like surrounded by like all these different kinds of people like new people and combined yeah. with like just like being away from my parents for the first time, I was just like, "This is great!" And uh, <laughs> we went to get boba. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> we went to get boba, and I had no idea what boba was. And I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my these, god! These things are squishy. Uh, They're D- so Diana, good." Diana, um, uh, uh, for for any listeners who, who might uh, you know be the first time listening, uh, tell tell the listeners where you're from. Oh yeah, um, so. I'm from uh, Nebraska, and I live there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I lived there from like eight to eighteen. Before that, I was in like um, Ohio, like kind of bouncing around the Midwest, and I moved to the U.S. when I was five from China. Yeah, yeah. Because I want the the listeners to know just what a radical change it would have been for you to go from high school. <laughs> yeah, to Nebraska college. to Berkeley is a pretty big change. Wow. Yeah. 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 I mean, that is like being on it's another a good planet. It's a good change. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, what about you guys, Mark? Well, what were your feelings? Were you also eager to get away from home? Um, I don't know if I was eager to get away from home, but uh, I was eager to. I was really, really excited to go to college. Like, I wanted yeah. to. And where'd you go? That, like, tell people where where you went. I I began my college career at Dartmouth, and then um. I ended my career at Pace, so I actually came back closer to home uh, to finish. And maybe later on we can get into sort of the history of why that happened. But um, Dartmouth is in the middle of nowhere, New Hampshire, and um, you know it's. Uh, I really like it. Uh, I really liked it, but um, you know it's a 
Ivy League and it has a lot of problems in and of itself because of that. And um, there's a family history. I'm a legacy, so I'm one of those dirty legacies. Boo. <laughs> Off with your head. Um, this is pre-Photoshop, though, so you couldn't put like fake spo- sports photos of yourself. Maybe you had some real that's ones. Right, that's right. You had real, you oh, had yeah, real yeah. ones to give them. Yeah, I did. I <laughs> but, but, but Mark actually played soccer, so no need to no, lie. I, yeah. Or maybe, maybe you can say you were like All-American and you were being recruited by you know Manchester <laughs> United. I wish, man. Um, you know, it was actually, I, um, I regret not playing um, sports more in college. Um, the Dartmouth soccer team is not that great. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I could have like been a college athlete would have been fun. I feel but, like uh, that, that they would be really good at soccer because like soccer in the U.S. is you, is more of a upper class sport. You would think that. I mean, I could see like Dartmouth sucking at you know football, basketball, baseball, <laughs> all those. Sports, no, man. But... So, you know, you know what, dude? The, no, the, the so- a soccer uh, powerhouse would have been like my school. Like we were fucking awesome at soccer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but like Maryland's like good at all sports, almost right? Except for football, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, um, it's still not, no, it's, uh, yeah, the, the suburban schools are not that uh, that great. Uh, I mean, the Ivy Leagues are not great at any sports anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, they don't do scholarships, so. No, they don't. Um, the, Dartmouth is, though, basically um, the the women's hockey team is the best in the country, or one of the best. And they always have, like, three like or four ice hockey? people. Women's ice hockey? Ice hockey. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. women's ice hockey. Yeah. So, like, three or four of the or like more of the team is always on the Olympic team and wow. like, like the best, the yeah. best players. So, I'm a big uh, women's hockey funny. fan after that Terrace house. I forgot her name. <laughs> she's like a women's hockey player. She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, I was, ex- I was excited. Um, I really wanted to go to college. Yeah. A teen like you, how far away were you from Maryland? Uh, like when you went, what were oh, you? Within- it's like, it's like six, six highway exits down. It's, <laughs> it's almost like a local school. I I, oh, I, yeah. I know people that went further for high school. It was right, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was right there. So so what was uh, that like? You know, it, I mean, it fe- it felt like going away. I mean, you know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you know, you know, fifteen miles from your parents and 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 uh, two thousand miles isn't really all that different. Um, because they don't know what you're up to, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> yeah, like yeah, mentally, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a it's a world away, right? Yeah. Yeah, it felt it, it's kind of its own. It's its own campus and its own kind of thing. Um, it's a huge school. It's like fifty thousand total people. Yeah, Diana, how big? How big was Berkeley? Oh, I don't remember. Really, it's really big. big. Yeah, maybe like also Berkeley in the 000. town. Yeah, yeah the Berkeley and the town kind of melt together. It's not so obvious where the campus ends and where the town begins. Right? There's like a parts that are kind of mixed up. No, not really. It's like pretty well delineated and it's a really small campus. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, I was also very excited to go away. So I, you know, I'm from Vancouver, so I'm from actually Canada. And, you know, I applied to a bunch of U.S. schools and, you know, I wouldn't have gone if, you know, I didn't get a pretty decent scholarship. It's just because, you know, it's like crazy to, to as a Canadian, yeah. how much it costs it's super to go to the U.S. Yeah. But, you know, I, I did like the challenge because, like, like the, the admissions process is so much just more, like, Byzantine. Like, in Canada, you, you got the grades, <laughs> you're in. Like, th- this is how uh, we got in, people got into UBC. You, uh, you know, in, in spring of senior year, you go on the website, you put in your GPA that you think you'll finish with, and then you get a conditional acceptance right there. As long as you don't dip below that you're in and it's good um 
so I, I was very excited, uh, like everyone here. Um, like I remember when I was younger, you'd read stories like, you know, like the little princess where she has to go to like boarding school and that, and you're like, oh my God, that's the worst fate imaginable being away from your parents. But, you know, as you get older, you're like, that's the greatest thing that could happen to you. <laughs> uh, so uh, I was at that point when I left. And um, and I, I went to Brown, which is all the way in, in Providence, Rhode Island. So it's pretty much like on, on the other side of the landmass, the North American landmass. Oh, that's and at right. The point, yeah. uh, and a after a year, my parents moved back to Korea. So there was even more distance. So actually, I, uh, what I want to touch about that is, okay, so now now we're like really excited to get away from our parents and we feel really independent for the first time. Yeah. Um, what were like the pros and cons? What were like some of the good things? But I'm also, I think, I think our listeners would probably be more interested also to hear about the, the kind of like, burdens that, that put us on. So any, anybody mm -hmm. want to start? Like you get there like the first couple of months. What, what, what was it like? Oh man. I, I just, I remember being really uh, worried about uh, academics for yeah, the first same, couple of months because, you know, like there's not a lot of out of state people and when I was in high school, everyone was like, oh, my God, Berkeley's so hard. Like, kids in California, they, like, learn shit. Oh, okay. And they're, like, so much more prepared. There's, like, so many more AP classes and, like, college prep stuff. Like, um, in my high school, there was, like, one or two AP classes. Mm. Like, we never really um, did anything like that. And I didn't really, like, um, take takes like the hardest classes so i was like worried that i was gonna do really badly and like fail all my classes and then i would like have to oh. go back to nebraska <laughs> and they, ki like, they kick you out <laughs> yeah yeah they like uh just kick me out or like i, I just wouldn't be able to handle it or something mm. like that was um always obviously not true yeah always like what uh what i was worried about in the back of my head uh, so the first few months were like really stressful and then I took like, you know, my first midterms and I did mm -hmm. fine. And after that, I was like, all right, not going to go to class anymore. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got this already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I still felt like worried kind of the whole time. It was like it was like. um on and off of just like worrying and then like like studying really like cramming and then just mm. being like oh i'm fine with this like whatever i don't know <laughs> yeah not not That's really funny. developing good uh skills and um i guess like kind of it felt it felt like welcoming at first but then i didn't really know how to like have close um friendships necessarily with people okay. because I didn't really have that growing up. Um, so it, it was like weird, you know, because like people would be really friendly to me and I was like, <clears throat> why are you like that? <laughs> like I didn't <laughs> understand. <laughs> and they were just like being nice. And I was like, I don't. So, but so most but are most what? of the people who go to Berkeley, um, uh, California State, like, oh, from yeah, California. yeah, that's another thing. Um, so like they all kind of like uh, have their own like California thing going on. And I was, you know, from the Midwest. So like like my floor mates would be like, oh, you're Diana from Nebraska. <laughs> like that's oh, yeah, what I, I was called. 
And um, like there wasn't anything wrong with that. I was just like, oh, it's it's kind of nice to be like validated that like that is how like where I grew up and like my experience was validated instead of just mm. like my face, right? Mm. But yeah, at the same time, I was like, oh, like another situation where I'm kind of not like not like them. And um, a lot of my friends are South Asian. And I okay. felt kind of like, oh, I'm also not like you. Um, and then, you know, like the the professors, like the the teachers and stuff, they're mostly like kind of white. And it's not like the white people in California are less racist. Like, if anything, I would say they're more so or like they're more obviously so. Or they think they know what they're talking about. And they'll be, like, racist in specific ways. Um, mm. So that was, like, also you're, The professors a, you're talking about would be racist um, in specific ways? Who are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Professors and students. Um, and that was kind of a shock because I was like, wait, but you're supposed to be, like, progressive and yeah, it's shocking no more. Like, Looking yeah. back, it's, it's shocking no more. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's the thing that I think really kills Asian Americans. This idea, especially if you go to like an elite, you know, West Coast, uh, East Coast, even like, you know, like, like Southern schools, that you, you've come to this place where you'll finally be accepted because everyone here is progressive and mm. you're going to be uh, admired for your, you know, academic abilities, not like... If you're not, at least if you weren't, you might not have been like bullied in high school, but you certainly weren't top of the, you know, social right, pyramid because right. of it. And then you go there and you find out, wait a minute, it's it's actually a lot of it just like high school. Because, uh, okay, so Dan, I, I was like the exact opposite. I did not give a shit about academics. Um, so, like, maybe my priorities were a little fucked up. But, like, for me, like, college was, uh, you know, I, I worked hard to get there in high school, but I was really there to just get this, I guess, life experience. You know, you know, especially like a fucking place like Brown, they're always like, it's where you go to find yourself and you know, you, <laughs> you like study whatever you want. And then that's really, they have the open curriculum, which has like, which basically means you just have to know the English language, prove that you can like read and write at English at like the university level by taking like a class that fulfills it. And besides your major, you can do whatever you want. Um, so that was one of the reasons, uh, you know, that was my top choice to go. And, you know, like... One of the reasons I also wanted to leave home was like, you know, I grew up in a home where like my parents fought constantly. We didn't have a lot of like friends or relatives around. It was, it was like a very isolating experience. So I was like, finally, when I got to co go to college, I'm going to mm. make all these friends, like like this new family of friends, which mm -hmm. I will be able to relate to more than my high school friends whom, you know, I really liked. But it just seemed like our, you know, Pats, especially since they were all staying in, in Vancouver, which I knew I was leaving and my parents were leaving. Um, and then... So like my um my like academics was like way down on my list. Plus like uh you know my school had rampant grade inflation. You know thank God for that. <laughs> I was a very mediocre student. I was never like you know into my academics. I'd go into like spurts where like oh maybe I should try and uh, for one semester I really try hard, be proud of myself. Then I like fall back to my to the revert back to the mean right after. Um so yeah I get there and I want to just like make all these great friends have all these great you know connections you know have like great relationships both platonic and romantic and uh you know and you grow up and this was like you know mid to mid 2000s this was at the height of 
you know, the, the, the post-racial era. Uh, so you're like, you know what, I've heard, you know, this like, especially my parents would say, you know, like, you can't do this, you can't do that because you're Asian and people won't let you do it or people won't accept you. I'm like, I'll prove them wrong. I can, I can overcome it. Then you go there and you start like noticing things where you're like, you know what, uh, it could be, but no, nah, no. Nah. And, and at, especially during that time, you have no one to talk about it with. Because if you talk about it, then you're going against this great idea that you're in this progressive arena where where if, if something's going wrong, it's your fault, you know? Because like this place lets you do whatever you want. Uh, like People are so happy here. Which is a trap, is it, which is a trap in a exactly. way, right? Because isn't part of the branding is like it's this intellectually open, you know, anything goes yeah, yeah. kind of environment and you feel like you're penned in and you can't even criticize yeah. the place? Yeah. Okay, I want to ask you guys this, like, because what I experienced, like, when I went to Brown, it was, like, the first time, like, big class divides really just hit me in the face. Because oh, yeah, definitely. Class divide, uh, you said? Yeah. Okay. I, oh, yeah, I, I saw sure. what, like, really wealthy people looked like. Because when I was in Vancouver, yeah, you had, like, rich kids. But they were, like, they lived in, like, a slightly bigger house. They drove a slightly nicer car. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they might go to Whistler instead of Mount Seymour. You know, that kind of, like, the differences were of various degrees. But then you mm-hmm. go to these schools you have people, I remember this, um, there was like a video contest at the end of freshman year in which uh, in order to get, um, you know, like a high number in the housing lottery, like the winners would pretty much get like first choice as rising sophomores to pick housing. So you had to like make a mm-hmm. funny video. Maybe there was like a certain theme. And one group, I think this guy's dad worked at like ESPN or something. Who, and he personally knew Dan Marino. So he got Dan Marino to appear in this video and they won. <laughs> And I was just like, "What? What the fuck?" Like, I, I, I like these. You're just, pull, just pulling rich shit tricks, man. What is that? Yeah. Um, so it's a fucking that's rich what I'm, person that's trick. Like, that, that's what I, that's what I'm talking about. Did you guys like experience it's like Beyonce that? showing up to your birthday party? That's weird. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if I experienced like someone flexing like that, but you know, I grew up in a pretty affluent uh, suburb of uh, New York City, and we had some pretty wealthy people. Um, in my, where I grew up, but like no one was a, I went to a public school. No one was like a prep school kid. And I was, I remember, um, just waiting online for some sort of registration event. And, um, you know, you're trying to make friends, talk to people and meet new people. And I remember turning around to like talk to this girl that was behind us. And, you know, you get to start talking about like, you know, where are you from and all that stuff. And, you know, Obviously, you talk about where'd you go to school. And as soon as I said I went to a public school, she just turned around and like ignored me like I didn't exist. Like literally turned around. Because like these kids, they all know each other. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's how it's going to be. Okay. (laughs) That's how it's going to be. Yeah, and if if you're like somebody who went to public school, you're just like, okay, well, you know, you're you're like, you know, nice to have you as a classmate, but you're not in our circle. And it's not like we want to be in that circle, but the fact that you are excluding us means you think you're better than us, and that is, oh yeah, that's what that's that's the thing that that gets you. Um, Diana, was it like that at Berkeley? It wasn't that bad. I mean. At least I didn't really encounter a lot of people like that, probably because like Berkeley's so big that, you know, like I just never even was in those circles. Um, like some of the foreign students were super, super wealthy. 
and I like knew some of them. Like we weren't like super tight, but um, like I, I and they were like a lot of like the South Asian um, like um, international students that I knew. They were super well off, and like I was friends with the ones that were like you know really well off, but like also nice. So I was like, this is really cool <laughs> to see like uh baller like rich brown people who are like uh kind kind people also Um, yeah but in my experience like wealthy internationals they're kind of like in their own parallel universe right yeah um like i i mean they were like for example really wealthy koreans uh at my school but i never really saw them like make an impact on the on the social scene because they they all they had their own thing you know yeah they They might like go Yeah, oh, they, should, they go to, like, Boston and go clubbing or something. Yeah, but. I should preface that, like, um, my uh, boyfriend at the time, he was, like, like a South Indian, um, sorry, yeah, South Indian, um, like, international students, and, like, that's why I was, like, in those circles, sort of, but, yeah, like, I think if I... In, Indian, sir, Indian international students? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Wait, was he, like a, like, a like son of a billionaire or something? I don't think he was that well off. One time I called him a rich kid and he got so mad at me. He's like, you don't even know what that is. I'm like, whatever. That's what a rich person once. would say. Yeah, yeah. Diana, I, I said that to a classmate once. He's, I, I didn't know whether he was rich or not, but like I, I was after a certain point. And he, he has a sort of like a British Indian upper class accent. And I was like, you grew up with servants, right? Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, why did you just say that? Well, everyone I was like, else oh, no, had you, just, you look like the... D-. I said, I'm not trying to insult you. This you've is not never, an insult. You've never washed I'm, your own feet before. I didn't say that. I said, like. I, said, I said, you look like the type of person, or you seem like the type of person who is very comfortable giving direction to people. Because <laughs> he was very comfortable <laughs> doing that. He was very comfortable telling people yeah. what to do. <laughs> oh, here's another story I have. So I, I have a friend. He was a year uh, below me, but... He uh, lives in New York now, um, and you know I, I've hung out with him a few times. Uh, and I, I asked him because he and his wife uh, both went to to Brown, um, and I just asked him like, or I told I think we were just talking about college and um, you know just like things we didn't like about it. And I said, and I brought up this whole issue of you know like I didn't really know what class divides were until I went to went to this place. And he was like, and this is like some like white guy from Minnesota. And he was like, oh my God, I felt the same thing too. And what he, I think he was maybe a classics major or he, he took a lot of classics classes. And he said that in one class, he, they read some like very, obs- they read some obscure, like, you know, Roman writer or philosopher. And he thought this person was so amazing. And he like couldn't wait to, I guess, talk about it more with his classmates. And I, like he talks to a classmate who probably went to, who went to one of these like really elite prep schools. And that guy would be like, oh, yeah, we read him in, like, junior year. And, you know, he, he's already written, like, papers on him. So you get there and, you know, you have your, like, standard, um, you know, we really like to kill a mockingbird, <laughs> that kind of shit. <laughs> then you go there and you, and you encounter these people who've had, you can't help but just feel so, like, inferior to them, I think, at first. Because they've had so many more opportunities and experiences. And at that time, you think right. that it, it's because... Um, not necessarily that they're smarter, but they're just like so far ahead of the game. Yeah, they know they knew the rules yeah. from early yeah. on, yeah. and they knew exactly how to play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like it's like if if you go to um like a bar or something, they like know drinks. They actually know drinks. Like they're not just ordering beers. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just like that kind of stuff. You're like, oh my goodness, like how, how am I ever going to catch up? Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. It, there's yeah. like a lot of that shit. I think I just feel like you encountered it. I mean, I, I encountered stuff like that in my life, obviously, but not till later. Not I didn't really encounter that kind of stuff until like grad school. And then and then my career afterwards, this big that huge gulf of the, you know, the class divide. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it might be like an East Coast thing because I didn't I, I didn't feel that way at all. Oh, it might be a In state school. I was going to say it's a state school thing because I, I I know that like Berkeley has the reputation for being the more sort of egalitarian public school. And then Stanford is the one that's sort of like the elitist. Yeah, I, I was going to say, area. if you went to a private school uh, with a smaller class size like Stanford, USC, um, you know, et cetera, I think, I think you would have felt that. Because it's uh, one of the things is be- if you have a smaller class size, you can't. You kind of like know everyone's business. I got like so. That's why like by senior year, I was like, I, I got to get out of this place. I like know too much about everybody. Yeah, you knew too much too early. Yeah, I think I think that's the problem with the Ivy Leagues is you just especially like if you're not if it's not yours, you know, like if you're not sort of Ivy League, you know what what is it like legacy or or whatever, um, you know, you're like I've, I have like I was dating this girl who went to an Ivy League and after college she was like, yeah, I felt like the country mouse there because you change a lot more than, you know, somebody who's maybe went to like boarding school. So for them living mm. on campus is not even that big a deal. Uh, right. You do, but, what perc- but what percentage of your class was actually like that though? Cause like we, a lot of people went to Brown from my high school and they weren't like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering like, is it, were you just fixated on that class of student or was, were most people? It, like it was this? just for me, it was just very hard to ignore. Like you, you, as I said, because it's such a small place. But I think that, I, yeah. I mean, everyone was like that though. No, definitely not. That, but mm. it's like a small minority exercising a disproportionate power and influence. Right, do you think it was? Right, right, right. Do you think it was major related? Because like I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have felt that in like an engineering school. Possibly. I mean, I was an international relations uh, a major, so you know, just like general liberal arts. I think yeah. I think if you were like you know engineering, uh, like even like pre med. I think there is there is like a different crowd, but if you if you're kind of more in the, I would describe that. I I know what you're talking about, um, <clears throat> but I, I I had the benefit of just like time before I encountered that, uh, and it, it's kind of like a social vertigo. Uh, you you just become really aware of the distance between you and 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 the people around you, uh, and it's it, it can be an isolating feeling, I guess. But that's if you're focused on that group, you know. I started college in 2006. That was like when Facebook just kind of like started. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See, I think those good times are very anxiety provoking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And I remember like I didn't even have Facebook until I got to college. Yeah. And oh, my God, like like looking back on it, I I just I'm just like disgusted with myself. Like, why was I so obsessed with this? But but it was huge. It was it was literally changing the world, you know, having that access. And it, it was like, you know, that's, that's, that's why it was really hard to ignore, like, everyone. And, like, I always... That's true. A lot of times I was like, I do wish I went to some gigantic school where I can just forget about... It's going to be easy to forget about a, so, a big so did So did that movie, The Social the Network, resonate with you? Oh, yeah. No, like, okay, um, you know, Aaron Sorkin most of the time fucking sucks. But the, the part of, of The Social Network that really, I was like, is so right is, like, the final club scene where you see, like, all these kids, like, trying to get in. And you see, like, the only Asians there are, like, these Asian girls who are, you know, kind of, like, social climbing. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, damn, that was, that's, like, <laughs> that's a little too close to, to you know, my experience. And 
like I remember when uh, during that time there was actually a writer named Lena Chen um, at Harvard who had this blog called Sex and the Ivy, and it was just mm. kind of like a very like you know TMI type of uh, uh, discussion where she would just talk about like all the people she slept with. Oh, Most that's of- right. And yes, yeah. yes, I remember and that. I it's heard actually about really. That. It's really sad what's happened to her. She, I, I think, she was like, this during the time of like Sex in the City? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think she might have graduated in like '08 or okay. something. So it sounds it, it was, like, like a Sex in the City time. driven kind of project, which everything. Yeah, back yeah. Then so, was, so, yeah. so I'm saying, as as like an Asian, especially like an Asian guy, you're you're in this social environment. You really, really don't want to believe that race has anything to do with it. You look all around you, though. You see that it clearly does, but you can't talk to anyone about it, and you don't even want to admit it to yourself. Meanwhile. Right. There's like people like Lena Chen, you know, just like, like, not that like she's like saying anything bad about you, but you just see what she's doing. And she's like, you don't even exist. People like you don't even exist to her. And that's Mm. like the type of Asian who's going to be accepted in in like these mainstream circles. And it just fucks with your head. This is why, this is why, you know, Asian kids have to learn to say, fuck it. You know, like, uh, yeah, you just got to learn, look at that stuff and just be like, I don't want to be a part of this. Fuck it. That sounds awful. No, I I was just, I think it's, um, I, I'm just fascinated, Diana, about how I know you 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 know you grew up in Nebraska, which has like I don't know m- more cows or yeah more cows more hay than people. than than than, than Asians. I thought right? it was corn. I thought it was a, or it was corn, a corn more, state. Yeah, has has more corn fields than than Asians in the state. Yeah, and yeah. How how was that for you? Like going from Nebraska to like Berkeley, where you're like it's like all Asians all the time. You know, I was, I thought that I would, uh, it would bother me. And my friend from like elementary school, like my, she's like one of those social climbing Asians. And she was like, (laughs) I told her, I told her I was going to Berkeley and she's like, oh, there's going to be so many Asians there. And I was like, uh, yeah, I guess so. Like, I didn't really know. Wait, wait, so she, what do you think she meant by that? No, wait, so she was trying to social climb by avoiding schools that had too many Asians? I mean, she just uh, was the kind of person that would avoid, like, too many Asians in a social setting, period. I see. Yeah. Like, you know, she's, like, with some white guy that looks like, I don't know, Calvin... Wait, Ed Sheeran? Calvin Coolidge? No. Ed Sheeran? Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Yeah, yeah. Some some grody dude like that, right? (laughs) Like, like that's the kind of person she is. (laughs) I celebrate his entire catalog. But yeah but like i mean yeah she was just she said that in this like way that was like kind of cutting and condescending and like pejorative which you know right. like all, pretty much all of the asians that i grew up around uh felt that way felt that way and i was like i felt that way too because you know like that's just how things were and then when i went to college i was like oh this is great Fucking! Hmm. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder is. Great. I wonder is that <laughs> wow, feeling. Okay. I wonder is that feeling like when there's not that many other Asians around. Like Asians just kind of means like your family, and no, do, no. Do, no. Being, like do, I, I, do people then presume that being around Asian? No, I mean I think for for me, uh, I mean I didn't grow up with a ton of Asians. Well, I grew up with quite a few Asians, but the idea of like a super Asian school would be. I don't know. It, it it would just be out of my normal experience, so I just wasn't I wasn't sure that I would wa- I wanted that. No, either. I don't think there's any real uh like link because I I'm from Vancouver. I knew a lot of Asians who who felt like, you know, Diana's friend 
and all like Nebraska Asians. Yeah, it's it's it doesn't. I don't think it. it I'm sure it's worse when you're maybe the only Asian around. But it, you go to a heavily Asian place like um, you know Vancouver or like San Francisco or like New York. It, it's all around. I think mm-hmm. it's just. Uh, I think especially um, when you're a bit old, like if you're from like an older generation, not that Mm. like we're from that older generation, but Mm. it's like you could be around a lot of Asians, but that's just like a physical thing. You don't actually know them. You don't, you're not in a place that actually values. I just have, I just have sympathy. I get it. I'm just saying that I do have sympathy to that feeling. I don't think it's purely like, you know, some sort of form of self-hatred. I mean, I think that for me, it's not that I wanted to avoid Asians, but I definitely felt like in college I wanted to have, you know, sort of like experience it all. And mm-hmm. it did. It feel, it felt, I was like, if I only know the Asian people, it's not going to be it's going to be 15 percent max of the campus. And I'm not going to know anyone else, you know. Well, it that's the thing. Like that. It's like, um, well, at least in California or in Berkeley where I was like, just, even though there were like a lot of Asians, it wasn't like I didn't get the full experience, you know, like there were stoner Asians. Yeah. There were brown yeah. Asians, yellow Asians, like pale fucking white Asians. And yeah. we were all. Very, no, but I do mean, different. no, I get I, I get you. But I'm just saying I I, I would I would say that I I. Especially back then, I mean, that's how like you know we we thought of stuff like um, sort of like this sort of post racial diversity mm-hmm. thing, and it's like you know it you really I think I really did want to have friends of different races, etc. Did you not in high school? I did, I did. Uh, I just felt like that's how life should be. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like I yeah, yeah yeah we were all bought into that. I mean I'm still to some that. extent I'm still bought into it. I'm not gonna you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I I still don't. I still think it's good to have friends and of different oh, yeah. races yeah, and things. And yeah. Yeah. My attitude when I got to college was I'm, I'm like not going to see race, uh, you know, as, as stupid as that sounds now. It's like, I'm, I'm going to be friends with the people who, who it just like, it's, I'm just going to let it happen. I'm not going to go seek friends by joining the Asian American student club or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, like a lot of my friends, uh, especially for like the, like, you know, first couple of years of college were people who just happened to live near me. Um, mm-hmm. and almost all of them, <laughs> yeah. all, almost all of them were white. Uh, one of my closest friends is actually this like Indian girl, but you know, everyone else was white and I was just like, well, you know, that, that, that's it. You know, it's like, I, I'm not going to like, you know, be some kind of like chess master and try to, try to like socially engineer my circle. And, but I do think that it, looking back on it, there was some, some barrier because like, cause like, you know, it's, it's hard to say because you don't want to say, uh, you know, I, I felt this like coldness or distance all because of my race. But I also think it it, it can't have been zero. It can't have been a non-factor. And I did feel like yeah. pe- people yeah. I knew, f- like th- these are some people I knew from like the first week of orientation, but they all seemed to just kind of treat me a bit differently. And then some like other guy, maybe some like white guy just comes in and they're like, oh yeah. And, and they, they bond over all sorts of shit. Like, oh, you know, like my parents were like this, my parents were like that. And I, I couldn't really contribute anything to that. Cause like my parents and I hardly talk at that point, you know, at, at that time in my life. And you feel that, but as I said, you don't want to acknowledge it's real and you have no one else to talk about. I didn't have like plan A to listen to. I didn't have, you know, plan A to read back then. Um, and I couldn't talk it with my parents. Uh, so, and I, I'm pretty sure that this is a, common experience for a lot of asian americans i think especially in college because but, so how do you think about it now though looking what back, do you mean like how has your attitude about or or views on that changed at all with time like, view on what just just sort of like the di- this, this sort of class dynamic and like social exclusion dynamic like 
what, what what's your thoughts on it now? Like, has it has what I'm asking is between the time you were experiencing it and now, have you changed? Like, I don't know. Do you have a di- do you have a different view of like how that plays out and what um, that means, or is it kind of the same? I think looking back on it, I would say that you you do have to acknowledge that. Um, there, there is a value to having Asian American friends, especially those who are more racially aware. It's, it's as I said, it's not a, you know, a non-factor. And the fact that I tried to deny it so much back then, I think, was, was you know, kind of harmed me at that point. Um, it, I, maybe it's an experience that, you know, people have to go through to really appreciate, you know, like on this podcast, being able to talk about this with you guys, mm-hmm. this is something I can't do with white friends. And that's, oh, you've yeah, got to yeah, accept yeah. that. that. That's a big, yeah, and, a big thing. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. One, once you accept that, you're like, okay, then your expectations change. And you like, go do Molly with them or something. And that's fine. You don't expect them to get you at that level. And I think that's what fucks up a lot of Asian Americans. Because I think some of them, they don't realize. And they're always like, oh, you know, my white friends and my white like boyfriend or girlfriend, I wanted to get them as almost like an Asian American would, but I don't want to be around Asian Americans. Like you can't have it both ways. You know, no, no white person is going to probably understand you as much. I'll as- say, I'll say this too. Like, I think I, I think in college I had like mostly Asian friends, like my guy friends and uh, not all, but like the ones that I was closest with were, I think all Asian except for a few, uh, but we never, even amongst ourselves, never really talked about race stuff. You know, we joked about Asian shit, but like we didn't really. Hmm. Wait, we spent a lot of time. Yeah, you said you wanted like the full experience, but you still ended up being friends with mostly Asian people. Yeah, yeah, it it kind of ended up like as as later (laughs) on in school, um, just the people that I ended up feeling most naturally close with were um, like Asian friends. No, I mean I had you know I I had non Asian friends and you know I dated non Asian girls, but like I didn't. I don't know. I just didn't feel as bonded to them. Yeah. Dan, actually, I, like you, I um, eventually, my crowd ended up being very South Asian. Just because, like, I was very close with a couple of guys and, uh, you know, like, all South Asians know each other <laughs> or something. So, uh, you know, they were part of SASA, the South Asian Students Association, which is really, like, vibrant and really big at the time. So I eventually just fell in with that crowd. And, it, like, I didn't fall out with my, you know, older white friends, but, you know, we did drift apart. Um, and I, and I think, I think there was like that sense of commonality because they were, you know, they're not like yellow Asian, but they, they, you know, they're kids of immigrants. A lot of them, you know, they're, they're like going into, you know, medicine or business. They're not like, you know, like theater arts people or whatever, you know, you know, that kind of like that snobbiness you also get with, with your majors. You're like, Oh, you know, look, look at those like Asian kids. They're Mm -hmm. all, they're a bunch of grinders. They only care about money. I'm like a philosophy major. I'm an art history major. (laughs) You don't have to deal with that shit with these, (laughs) with these, um, you know, with these friends. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the crowd I ended up with, uh, towards graduation. No, I, I like the, um, California. No, actually, no, I take that back. I like the, um, international students more because they were chill about race, but like a lot of the California Asians, they had a lot of issues where they were like, Oh, I'm not that Asian. Like they would make everything yeah. about being Asian or not Asian or being a fob or mm. not a fob. Whereas like, you know, the international students were like, this is how I am, bitch. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right, uh, with, with exceptions, uh, like I can't stand Cali Asians. They're just yeah. Let me let me just say that. But <laughs> can't yeah, stand when Cali. I, that's a lot of Asians, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah including like, including a lot of Plan A friends. <laughs> no, no. So they're, they're, you're you're shielded. Yes, uh, you're, you're shielded. Jong, Korean. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're the exception. You guys are cool. You guys are cool. But um, actually, no, Dan, I felt the same way when I was. I really I liked hanging out with the Korean internationals because, as I said, they didn't give a fuck about the mainstream. But you join like CASA, the uh, Korean American Students Association. Oh, it's like, uh, you know, you get that, you just get that nervous energy that I've talked about a lot in past pods where Mm. it's like, you know, like all these Asian Americans, they know that nothing they're doing is really like real. Everything just seems to be like a copy of something from the clothes they wear to like, the, the kind of events they do yeah, they were doing um, the best they could i gather i don't know yeah and, and uh, think of it you know, some of them <laughs> they were trying some some of them they were trying they were trying you know? they were trying yeah, yeah. i was yeah. saying it's kind of like a, in a trying. religion how like the people in the religion are constantly worried that god is watching but like these asians they're like constantly worried that white people are watching and judging their mm. every action yeah. Look, I'll tell you. I mean, in, look, look, look. In defense of, uh, we had like an AS, AASU at school, and I wasn't not a part of it. It was um, more. A lot of more Filipinos were were active in it than than I. I just wasn't part of that, and I, I felt the same way. But I told you all this story. But I don't know if I told Diana. But actually, Eliza, our friend Eliza, was uh, was at that was at that concert. It was about this concert that took place on our campus. Oh, the Bloodhound Gang. Yeah, the Bloodhound Gang came on, and they, they sang this awful sort of rapey song about Asian girls, and everyone was, oh, like, protesting man. and stuff. Anyway, I, I had I understood what was going on, but I didn't really care because I was just I was there not to see Bloodhound Gang, but they had, uh, I think they had Run DMC on that year or something. Oh, no, Outcast. Sorry. Oh, wow. They had Out... No, it was Outcast. Outcast. Yeah, Run okay. DMC was another year. And so I was there to see Outcast, and then... Uh, but this band, this fucking band comes on uh, and they they tell the entire crowd to just flip off all the Asian students, right? I'm like, what the fuck? Everyone just looking at me, just flipping me off. Like, what the, you know, and they're flipping, there's Asian kids up on the hill protesting, they're flipping them off. I'm like, what? And uh, and then they sing this fucking song about, you know, raping Asian women and killing Asian people. And then... As in the middle of the song, three Asian girls in bikinis come on stage and drape, drape all the musicians. I'm like, what the oh, fuck geez. is going on? This is crazy. And now that I think about it, it was actually kind of a traumatic event for me. And I was talking to Eliza about it, and I told her, and she agreed. She was also like me. She was just there to see Outkast. She didn't give a shit. But looking back, I'm very grateful that there were Asian kids protesting there. I think they were on that hill, man. They were on that they hill. On that yeah, hill. and they took the brunt of the abuse and they were like, fuck you, you know? So I am at the end of the day. I mean, I don't know what it would be like to hang out with them or whatever because I didn't really, but they were doing more than I was. You know, I was just taking it. Was, it. it was funny. Like, uh, Dartmouth had um, a small but really like uh, active and vocal um, and tight like Asian American community. And the Koreans especially were tight. And the first people that greeted me on campus were um, like, were, was that, were, were the Korean, was like the Korean association. And like this, this like guy and this girl came and they're like, we're your big brother and big sister. And like they invited me to a party and like they were just so welcoming. That's cool, uh, man. And, That's cool. And they were, and, and like they had taken, I think, 
So like Dartmouth has they came to you. You didn't go to them. Right. They came to me. Yeah. That's and a big like thing. it must have been because it wasn't because of my name. I had de- I had put my um race on my housing form. And mm. I think all of the student organizations get like all the student records, the name and stuff like that. So they must have seen, oh, you're I was Korean or whatever. And it was just it really made a really good first impression um that they did that. Cause like I, I wasn't expecting it. And um, there was a, a there was an Asian fraternity on campus, and they were just like the coolest, hardest drinking, hardest partying bunch, and like just really welcoming. Um, but you know what's funny? So like Dartmouth has a drinking game that's like unique to Dartmouth. It's called pong. And if anyone's played like Beirut or or beer pong, where you throw the ping pong balls into the beer cups, the solo cups, at Dartmouth they take it up a notch. And you actually use ping pong paddles. So you're playing like ping pong, but you still sort of try to get into the cup. You guys are really cutting edge. That's amazing. Yeah, cutting edge, yeah. cutting edge. <laughs> but so, so, so the Asian me. house, the Asian house is actually the best pong players on on campus. Yeah, ping pong. And um, <laughs> but they would all the all, all the like white fraternity houses were like, oh yeah, they're just like they're Asian, so they're good at ping pong, or you know they practice all the time, so they're better. Yeah, so that's like, probably even, what it was. Even in, <laughs> Seriously, that they did practice a lot. They did practice. We were amazing a lot. at ping pong, you know. <laughs> like, um, but it just yeah. so Table even, tennis. even, yeah. even, yeah. So even in the context of like drinking and partying, uh, that stuff's thrown at you. But uh, it's it's with respect. <laughs> so yeah. it was funny. Uh, t- taking a dark turn, I, I do want to share a story because I mean yes. this is this relates to actually the uh, depression pod. And if I were on that pod, this is the story I would tell. Yes, I. Unlike you, I don't. I don't think I've even been to a at a stage where I could say I'm not like clinically depressed, but I'm kind of like low key, just like emotionally not well. I, I don't think I've ever been that except for this time in junior year, and because I had gone to college with this idea of having this unbelievable experience, mm. um, I was constantly uh, just like filled with anxiety about like time running out. And, like oh, I remember really? just like. Yeah, I remember just like the first semester would go by, I'm like, oh shit, I only got like seven semesters. I got, I gotta like, whatever, like friends I'm gonna make, whatever, like, because at that point I was like, I, I knew I liked writing, but I didn't know what career I wanted. It's like I got, I gotta find my like life's calling, you know. I, I wanna, you know, have like great, like, r- like you know, sexual encounters and relationships. I want to do all this, and I just felt like the time was constantly ticking. Too much pressure and on yourself. Damn. Yeah, I, I, was, I, I was so... St- I, I look back on it. I was like, God damn it. I was like 21. What the fuck was I thinking? You know, look, you know, the thing is, though, that you, you got over it or whatever, but, uh, you know, the people who, like, the generation... I think it probably got harder as time went on, right? Not not easier for, for the next yeah, cause generations. Because I, I, I was complaining about Facebook, but, like, Facebook back then was extremely primitive. Yeah, compared it to wasn't today. Very. Compared to today, very. yeah. So, you know what... You know what the result of that is? It's fucking fire festival, people. It's that yeah. emo concert you went to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, um, I'm that's, so that's the result. That. That's the result. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so you know, I, I'm like junior year. Okay, this, this, okay. This is how weird it was. So fall of junior year, Barack Obama got elected, and I remember being like really happy. Um, on that night, I was celebrating with my friends, and and then I went to bed. Next morning, I wake up. I realized that like all these students like stayed up all night. They marched down to the to like the the Rhode Island state legislature and they just had this mm-hmm. one big party. And I was like, oh fuck, I missed out. This could have been like the uh, greatest political event of my generation. I fucking missed out. That that's how like f- 
kind of like that's oh, where my mindset was. And I remember like YOLO, just, like, laying in YOLO. Bed. Yeah, I, FOMO, I, FOMO, I, FOMO. I remember just like laying in bed for days afterwards, thinking like, oh god, you know, I, I, like why didn't I join them? How 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 was I out of the loop on this? Whatever. Well, don't so, feel so, too bad. My brother was in Grant Park, and Obama <laughs> was there. So. Yeah. So anyway, this culminates, uh, this reaches its lowest point on my 21st birthday. And like 21st birthday is, you know, like you have, it's probably one of the most significant birthdays, at least if you're in America, right? Because it's like you're drinking age, you know, drinking age, whatever. And I I don't Mm. like celebrating birthdays, but I was like, you know what? I'm 21 only once. Let's have a party. So I hold this party. My friends host it for me. But um, all these people that I had known for a long time, uh, like freshman year, a lot of them like don't show up. So I'm oh, like man. there and it was just like, like, okay, so I've, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Um, you know, and you know, I'm not, I'm not even like that good at academics and, and I don't even know what I'm good at. Uh, at the very least, I ought to have some good friends, but it seemed like I didn't even have that. So I just go into oh, this man, massive dude. funk. I just go into massive funk and, um, it that's, is the first time I, I hear went, that, man. I hear that. Yeah, dude. That anyone that yeah, that that's would rough. yeah, that's rough. So <laughs> and then I actually go to see uh, mental health services. That's good for uh, you. Like the, okay. Yeah, yeah man. That, and I, I went about like three or four times, and actually the thing that pulled me out was uh, so, so actually that, that was a very good turning point in my life because I said, you know what, I'm gonna stop just all, just trying to be like this nice Asian guy who's like friendly with everyone and all that because it's clearly not working. Uh, nobody's buying it and I'm not happy either. You know what? What did I come mm. here to do? I, I really wanted to do all the things that I didn't get to do in high school, like writing, theater, and, and all that stuff. I started doing that. And actually, um, the past winter break, there was some like writing contest uh, by like the student television station that I just started. And just because during winter break, I was in college, uh, in Korea. I didn't know anyone there. You're just like in, in my, in your apartment for like five weeks. So I wrote this thing. I had entered it. And actually, uh, a week after my birthday, which was Valentine's Day. I, I'd kind of gotten over it. Um, and I was like, okay, you know what? Let's just, and, and like all, all my friends, we were like all single. So we, you know, just went out on Valentine's Day, had like sushi, BYOB sushi. I was feeling pretty good. And I come back to my dorm and I, I look at my email and it turned out my script was one of the winners. So that was like, wow. that, That's like awesome. re- that really pulled me out. Nice. Dude. And uh, later on in that semester, I also won this, this writing contest. Uh, so that was like, I think the start of me just saying, you know what, fuck trying to please everyone just just find out what you yeah. want to do and just yeah, go yeah. for it but as i said that was like the i think the lowest point i've ever been in my life where i was like i might actually be depressed i don't think i was depressed uh because i, I got over it as i said kind of like a week well or it's so. whatever it was it served a useful uh, purpose it may have yeah, been unpleasant so it, but it served a purpose it gave yeah. you notice you're like i gotta change some yeah, shit yeah, yeah look at yeah, yeah. I, i'm very glad i went through that um so anyway i just want to ask you guys what was like your lowest point in your college life Mine was at that concert. That was my lowest point. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. Like, and I, I feel like every Asian American probably has a moment like that, and they never got to talk it over with anyone. It just yeah. you know, just kind of like festers and having an entire fucking festival just hate on your race all at the same time is pretty scary. It, it wasn't sad. Yeah. It was it was frightening. And to see that people from your own group are like complicit in it. And it just it's just a, it's you know what I learned was that it's it's not that people are virulently hateful. They just don't give a shit. They're like, yeah, yeah. I'll say you, you fuck have, you to the Asian You have Asian no significance. Kid. It's it's like as as an Asian yeah. American at the time, you, they're you're completely irrelevant. Yeah, like I'll, I'll flip I'll flip these people off. They're not going to do anything. Fuck them. I mean, it's fun. we're just joking around. It's it's funny. You know, yeah. you're like Jesus. Like the only Christ. way to matter is to like leech onto some other identity because like just being Asian is is not good enough. I think at that moment, I w- there was a part of me that was like, you know what? Honestly, fuck white people. 
I'm like, they, I, like look at them. Every one of them. Like, no one is right raising a fucking hand, right? What, what, what about you guys, Diana and Mark? I think, uh, well, I was um, doing, like, a, the science, like, the research journal for undergrads. Like, it was um, an mm-hmm. editor, and I would, like, do the professor interviews and stuff. And I just remember, like, doing an interview with this, like, super old guy who um, was, like, a really uh, famous professor. And the whole okay. time, he was just, like, was so cranky and defensive and, like, just angry that I was there asking him questions. And it was, like, maybe, like, the third or fourth time that I had, like, interacted with a professor and either just been weirdly like shit on or um it's just gross yeah it's just gross yeah it's, or yeah, like fuck them. i mean it's gross yeah yeah like was it like a sexism thing uh it's um i think kind of both yeah like sexism and racism yeah like i there was this one professor i went to his office hours and there were like three people there it was like me a Hispanic woman and a white guy. And after the white guy left, mm. after like 15 minutes, he just started talking about Chinese food and tacos. And I was like, what <laughs> the what? fuck? Right? This is like, what? I mean, yeah, he was like an old dude. And that's the thing. They're like uh. all old white people who run these establishments. Yeah, and and they're in that weird like campus bubble. So they they I, I, yeah. I think they're like in a time capsule. Right. You know? They're not actually aware yeah. of what real life is like. Yeah. It's that ivory tower. They're liberal in a sixties way. So like there's this other professor <laughs> yeah. who like was like really fucking rude to me, and um, the other woman that I was like trying to interview with him with like not the first professor but this other professor and he was like oh you know like i'm so hip and with it and like i go to india to do neuroscience research every summer and like look at these spices that i just like eat and he just like popped a bunch of cardamom pods into his mouth and was like this is how people eat it in india and then like i was like feeling really this uneasy. Is a fucking nightmare He's a fucking what? nightmare. He's a fucking nightmare. And I was like so confused and like weirded out because like he was a professor you, that This is a fucking Jordan Peele horror movie. What yeah. what the fuck is yeah. this? I mean, he was yeah. like a but the thing is, I was like so disappointed because he was a professor right. that like the kids loved or at least the white kids loved, you know. They were like, "Oh my god, he's so great." You know, like he's like one of the top 10 professors in in the university it's the um, natural draw of the racist uh, right they yeah just can't, they Jesus. can't deny its charms because yeah. he's so loose he's like i'm so free <laughs> right <That's> what, <laughs> and like well it's like they, they, they yeah right and they they want to be able, they want to be able to be that loose yeah no, i like my i like my loose. white professors uptight and professional that's <laughs> yeah. right. that's how nervous. i like nervous nervous anxious but it was like yeah, like, it's like one of those times yeah. where like like you didn't know what was going on. You weren't ta- people weren't really talking about it. Um, so I was yeah. like, oh, if somebody so beloved is treating me like shit, like it must be something mm. wrong with me. Um, but then we walked out of the interview, and then the uh, other woman who was interviewing him was also like, "That guy's a piece of shit. What a dumbass!" Like, and she's she's Indian. She was like, mm. nobody fucking just. 
eats cardamom pods just like by the handful. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, that's the stupidest. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I've never seen it. He's thinking of those little mint. Those he's thinking of those celery seeds. He's thinking of something else. Maybe. Yeah. There's I those mean, little like breath freshening little things at the. That's what he's talking about. Yeah, like cardamom probably. Pods. He's confused. Oh, you mean those like little like twig things? Yeah, it's like it's like uh, celery. It's like uh, it's some kind of seed. It's it's one of the seeds. Everybody yeah, eats. like fennel maybe. Yeah. Yeah, fennel seeds. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, fennel yeah. seeds. Yeah, no, he's a dumbass. Yeah, that's just. Yeah. and yeah. I, he's a, he's a racist, sexist dumbass. Yeah. That's what he is. And that's um, terrible. yeah, you know, like like I was kind of like uneasy and angry, like a lot of the time there, and like really disillusioned. And I remember trying to talk to people about it, and like pretty much all the people that I talked to were just like, "No, it's." Like, they just didn't get it. Um, One person was like, yeah, you know, maybe that stuff happens. But honestly, it's not a big deal compared to, like, the Holocaust or, the like, the okay. things yes. that right. black right. people Whatever. deal what with. The fuck? <laughs> I'm just talking about cardamom seeds. I'm not talking about the fucking Holocaust. Yeah. I didn't see anything. You know, like, what, the, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, I have... um. That's quite the escalation there. <laughs> Someone told me, th- this, is, this is a piece of advice that I got in, in a class at the Ivy League school that I went to for grad school from a professor who I always felt had um, a really good read on what was going on in school. And he, and he told everyone, uh, he was a bit of a Marxist, that kind of guy. Uh, and he, nice. he told everyone that, um, you know, this environment here is designed as part of like the liberal arts theory of education and it's meant to recreate the social anxiety of high school that's why you have a locker like you're you're fucking grown adults and you still have a locker we had a locker in our what you had a locker yeah it looked just like high school and he said weird and he said that it was done on purpose he said that it was designed to instill that sort of sense of high school urgency and uh, he said that the, the theory of liberal arts education, at least in the elite circles, is that they wanted to shock you, like socially shock you, uh, because it, quote, opens up your mind. And that's the only way for professors and, and for them to really reach into who you are and, and to sort of like define your worldview. And so he was like, yeah, that's mm. and he was just explaining that to us. He's like, you know, some of you come from elite schools and some of you don't. But here at an elite school, this is how we do it. So that that prepared me. That was actually that was like one of the first things that I heard when I got to Columbia, and I, it just immediately made sense to me. I was like, "Yeah, totally, I can see that." Sounds bullshit. like some shit derived from like the CIA interrogation handbook. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure yeah, I, I yeah, read. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I read. If you that waterboard in, sh- someone long enough, yes, they're going to open. But up, they use right? extreme social uh, pressure to to sort of you, right. you know, and then and then the professors can become extremely influential um, in a way. Well, it goes to like you break someone down so you can build them up. So what I'm saying is I'm not necessarily saying that the method is bullshit, but I'm saying like you got to trust that school, <laughs> you know, because they're, they're doing stuff right, to you. Right, right. No, so that's – You got to trust bullshit. that school. Like, yeah. Yeah. But uh, – See, what really pissed me off, uh, off about Brown was um, – so they – just like – Oh, like you know, stereotypical SEC school. Let's say like uh, Louisiana State University. You're gonna have like, uh, like a social hierarchy. Um, it, you know, in, in the typical school, it might be frats and sororities. 
But we, well, we technically had them, but nobody gave a shit about them. In fact, if you joined them, people kind of looked at you weird, especially the sororities. Uh, for some reason, um, a couple of the frats might have been okay, but if you joined a sorority, it was really weird. Um, nevertheless, you still, as I said, still have that hierarchy. But at least with the the frats and sororities, you knew, you knew what you're getting, and it, there was a certain kind of lack of pretension. There are like you know a bunch of dumb people who just play pong all the time and watch too much football. And yeah, it can be obnoxious, but at least they know who they are. But at a place like Brown, instead, what you have are these like rich ass, like like you know, trust fund hipster types who all went to you know, sc- you know, schools where you know kids of like the Kennedys and Rockefellers and you know, movie uh, producer kids. You know, they they all go there. They come here. They think they're above you know your your you know gross uh, you know those types like the the Greek types. Nevertheless, they're just as bad, you know, they're just as, they're even worse, you know, they're, they're more snooty, like, they still have the same kind of, like, racist and sexist ideas that permeate that kind of, uh, you know, just, like, social order, and, but you can't really call them out, because, you know, technically, they're, you know, they're radicals, or some bullshit like that, so, uh, that's, like, I mean, looking back on it, it's, like, silly, but when you, when you're, like, 18, 19, it's, that stuff, you just, like, yeah, it just, it just messes you up a bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't go, man. I don't feel like I missed out on anything. <laughs> no, you you really didn't. Mark, I want to hear um, about your story about going from Dartmouth to Case. Well, yeah. So this it it, it actually um, relates to my worst <laughs> college experience. That was the question, right, Oxford? Yeah. Yeah. So um, my my worst college experience happened like pretty soon after I got onto campus. Uh, it was like the tail end, or I think it was actually the second semester, um, my roommate died. And um, so, you know, he, he died in my arms, and Whoa. Uh, it was really traumatic. What what yeah. happened? How did he... He, he had a heart attack. Um, he was he was an athlete and everything, so it was very... It was a shock. It was a big shock. So, um, you, know, I, you know, it was like second semester, I tried to power through it, but then I was basically out of school for like two semesters and I never truly recovered uh, from it in terms of, you know, just emotionally. Like I couldn't just, I couldn't really be at the school and I couldn't really perform. Yeah. That's like some, that's some fucking wartime (laughs) shit right there, man. You probably have PTSD. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, So, you know, it was, and it was also like, I, you know, you were talking, Diana, or I think we were all talking about how, like, um, I think, Diana, you were saying how you felt like this pressure to, to do really well and stuff like that. And I definitely had that pressure. And I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to do well. And when I felt like I, I didn't do as well as I should have um, the, the first semester I was there, um, I was really, really down on myself. And then what happened with my roommate and everything, it sort of just... I think I was ready for like a breakdown. Like I was sort of like primed and um, it just really, you know, I never really recovered from it. And I, I, you know, I came home and I transferred to pace and, you know, it was the, probably the best decision for me. And looking back, like, I, I don't know whether I would have, I would choose to go back to Dartmouth. Like if I, if I were to go back and say, okay, 17 year old Mark, do you want to go to a you know Ivy League school? I might I might be like you know what maybe I should go to a a, a very good school like Williams or something 
but I don't I don't need to go to the the school that your father went to. So, you know, I I just want to tell the yeah. listeners. Uh, I mean, that that's a really shocking and heartbreaking story. The reason why, uh, like. Tina and I weren't reacting as we've heard that story before. We're not being callous. Um, yeah. You know, w- you know, believe it or not, we're actually like good friends in real life. So, you know, we hang out yeah, all the yeah. time. So we're like it, it, a long time ago, <laughs> I heard that story. So that's why there was no reaction from us. That's not, it's yeah, not because we have yeah, no heart. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, it, it ha- doesn't really have anything to do with race um, in particular. But, you know, I look back on sort of the way that because we had two roommates uh, freshman year. And I look back on the way that like he treated me and his friend group, not, not the friend who, uh, not the, the roommate who died, but the other roommate. And I just, sometimes I feel like I look back and I, you know, I reanalyze stuff and like, maybe it did have something to do with it. I don't know, but, uh, it just, you know, it was, it was a tough situation, but you know, I was in a fraternity and my, my brothers actually really helped me out. And I know, Fraternities get a bad reputation, but, you know, they did help me. And the uh, Asian Association did, too. They really stepped up. Like, why did you feel like you put so much pressure on yourself? Because, like, for me, it was, like, this irrational fear that, like, if I didn't do well, I'd just end up back where I was. And that was, like, definitely racially related. Uh, For me, it wasn't anything like that. I mean, um, it, it... it was really uh, to do with family. So, like, uh, my my dad had a really big influence on me, and I wanted to make him proud, and I felt like I was letting him down. So it, it was it was more family stuff. It wasn't like, oh, if I don't do well, they're going to kick me out, and I'm going to go back to, like, a bad place or something. It was more, uh, you know, more traditional family stuff. But, I mean, like, you being a transracial adoptee, does that color color that kind of like needing to it i mean it, it probably does you know it's it's stuff i've i've thought about mm-hmm. um i think i definitely have a stronger sense of being a people pleaser and that comes from a fear of abandonment i think maybe a lot a lot more acutely or or consciously um than than other people might um but at the time i wasn't thinking that way it was more just like you know traditional you know, child, parent sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's an article. Uh, I mean, like in in Souls of Yellow Folk by uh, Wesley Yang. Mm. There's a piece he wrote about Aaron Schwartz, and Aaron Schwartz, the yeah. the you know the the hacker who who killed himself uh, several years ago. He had a blog, uh, and I think he was he was he went to Stanford for like a week before dropping out or something. And there's a very illuminating like blog post he wrote where he, he was like in this class he had this uh asian male classmate who was like you know just i guess just trying to get to know him and he just like has no interest in getting to know him and in this blog post he writes about you know this was a perfectly friendly fine guy who just had no relevance to me mm. because of his race and probably gender too um, so yeah, when, when you read, when I read that, I was like, all those times where like, like, you know, you're like at a party or something, you see someone like an acquaintance or maybe like a distant friend, you go up to them, you try to catch up, like, oh, hey, whoever. And then you just see this look on their face. They're like, oh, hey. And then you can see him just like counting down. Okay. You know, I, I can talk to him for like maybe three to five minutes. And then, but th- there's no like genuine, oh, I, I, I want to mm-hmm. catch up with you for like. But, but let me ask you, but let me ask you this question though. 
Are you sure you've never done that to someone else? Mm, possibly. You yeah, know? I mean, I think we all sometimes do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without even yeah. knowing it, to be honest. I mean, he was just yeah. very self-aware. But Yeah, and, and that's why that's where the confusing part is, because when I do it, I mean, I pretty sure i'm not doing it because of race although you know it's you can you know, obviously you got to be self-aware you you may be so but uh there are some I think people we can assume like, though that we're not i think i think most people are not fully aware of their racial bias yeah, including yeah. us. <laughs> and you know yeah like yeah. The, the weird thing is i don't care if like people don't like me think i'm boring or whatever but i really do care if they do it because of race it, it, it's uh, i i don't you know, know. It, I don't, it's like this thing for where, me i don't care one, be- it's it's not that I don't think it's wrong or fucked up. I'm just saying that's just how it is. Uh, just for me, uh, just like, like getting that treatment because of race, it just like pisses me off so much. It's like I don't really care if you just like don't like me. That's fine. But if if but base it on something more than race, and if it's race, it just like I don't know. It just ticks me off in a place that it just yeah. And the thing is, you can, that's the thing you can never know. And especially back then, you can never talk about it. I think, though, you got to find a place. I mean, for me, it's like you got to find a place where you're both aware of that and you're not accepting of it, but you're not just like pissed all the time. You know, for Mm -hmm. me, like I kind of just imagine like I do have a shitty temper, but as I get older, the the way I control it is not to it's not that you get a better temper. It's that you're just like more aware of like you start becoming aware of what your raging looks like. And then you let yourself rage inside, but you just show poker face. So I just like have a picture of myself raging in my own head, and uh, it's hilarious. So I I don't know I I I still pissed about stuff, but I'm able to like see the ridiculousness of it. I don't know I can't I just can't be getting pissed all the time. Yeah. Know, uh, speaking just, of speaking of getting pissed off, this is kind of a non-related thing, but. Uh, we were talking about liberal arts. There's actually this terrible movie called Liberal Arts. You can watch it on Netflix. I unfortunately watched it a couple of years ago. It stars uh, Josh Radner. A resident hate watcher. Yeah, Oscar it stars Tonga. Josh Radner, that like goofy looking motherfucker from How I Met Your Mother, which I'm very proud to say I've never watched a single episode of. And one of the Olsen like triplets or whatever. Um, I think it's, it's Elizabeth whatever. Olsen. Yeah, uh, the show's it's, just it's whatever. Such a, it's such a wait. You've seen it? No, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. No, oh, no, no. I'm talking yeah. about the movie. I'm sure no one's watched it because like mm. you shouldn't watch it. It's terrible. Uh, but it's about like this like 35 year old guy played by yeah. Josh Radner, and he's like uh, in this constantly um like arrested development stage because he's like still like fixated on the great time he had at college, which I th- I think he wrote the movie and I think he went to like Kenyan or something, so it's based on that. <laughs> and he like goes back for some reason as like a so I guess so maybe like a adjunct professor or whatever and he kind of has this like almost relationship with like a you know 20 year old character played by elizabeth Olsen. it's so just oh, it's just like it's just so bad um but you got i i would say just watch it because i think it represents everything that's horrible about this idea of you know college being the best four years of your life man college turns y'all into a bunch of like class strivers man yeah. yeah, it's just like... Th- you didn't have a counter... See, that's the thing. You, it sounds like there was no real counterculture at Brown. Like, there wasn't. Or maybe there was, but you didn't, you didn't hook up with it. See, that, that's precisely the problem. Because Brown was so self-consciously, like, progressive and countercultural that that is... There the, was no room so to be counter to that. Yeah, they were too yeah. woke to So, to like, counter. what's the counter to that? They were, like, college Republicans. We all joked that you could fit them all in, like, a... In a Kini dorm. In a Kini dorm. Kini's, like, the... Our uh, uh, freshman housing. 
Yeah. It's like, yeah, you could fit all the college Republicans in one of those dorm, dorms. Um, yeah. So every, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, there was, there could be no counterculture because the counterculture, which was really like, kind of got a sanitized version of what, what we might have thought of as like, you know, the 60s and like free speech movement, but now like yuppify to the mm. 2000s. Mm-hmm. That was, that was like what everybody thought. And well, maybe maybe then the the you know the maybe what it means is just like the counterculture. It's it just you got you got to wait until people start to to realize. It's just, they're just too young to realize now. But I, I think that's why you end up with the shit like you know like Turning Points USA, you know that kind of crap. Because mm-hmm. I think there is legitimate grievances against this, uh, you know, very mainstream uh, college campus culture. Yeah, but it's harder to understand. It's not so easy. Like oh, you know, our professors are racists and. Yeah, but but then it's like, but then I think you go to one extreme where you're you're constantly trying to, uh, like you you remember like the Bon Me incident at for at Oberlin, you know, yeah. completely ridiculous. Yeah. Like you're always trying to like one up each other uh, in yeah. this in- increasingly <laughs> increasingly narrow space where it's like you're already so mm. uh, woke. As that, an Asian you know, person, when I heard about that, which was like the, it was like white people protesting cultural appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> right of, of a restaurant that was serving bum me sandwiches but it turned out like the owners were actually vietnamese mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or like the ones that where um the the, the students got upset because they were they were serving fried chicken during like back history month but the chef was like black who does who was it just a coincidence serve? or or what what do you mean was it a coincidence i think like it was no, the, the the chef was like, I want to. This is part of my culture, and I want to. You want to do like soul, food, soul food, southern southern food, soul night. food, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, that's another thing. Like at, at my school, like all the staff were like black, or, or Brazilian actually, or uh, because it, apparently there was like a large uh, Brazilian immigrant population in Providence. That's also something that that really like strikes you. Like everybody who works in the dining hall, all the you know custodians, they're all like black or brown. It's, Ooh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really kind of that go to a go to a diverse school you know i feel like people should go to a diverse school where it's not just so stark i don't know that's just depressing yeah i visited a campus like that and i was like i do not want to go here yeah i just imagine like what if you were like a black student and you go to that place and you see that all like the the staff are people who look like you Look, it would just. It would I mean, just no. Me I, think, like, I think. I think. I think. This imagine is how like, I feel now, though. Is like I don't really. I've been to Brown. I, I was there not that long ago. I was visiting Providence, and I don't know from this from this part of my life looking back. I don't. You know, I don't care who. What, colleges don't matter to me. You know, like after over after a while, it just doesn't matter. And I'm on the campus, and I and I. It's just this. You know, it's a kind of a dreary little. You know, fucking Ivy League campus, whatever. And I feel like. The problem is just when you get, you know, when they sell these schools to kids, they make it seem like your entire life is going to be determined by these four years within these, oh, four, yeah. you know, within oh, this yeah. quadrangle. And that's just not how it is. And but they make it seem like these next four years will be. It's like it's like prom. Right. You know how prom sucks. But they always, you know, like there was this time when people yeah. thought prom was it's like the best time of your life. Yeah. yeah I mean, or in like a way, college is sex, like that yeah. to me. Yeah. It's, it's really not that big of a deal. You know, you're just in four years of college. And after you graduate, you got to do some other shit. Um, I think that's yeah. the, you know, the sort of misperception. Because like when you go back now, you're like, whatever. What is this place? Yeah, it's like four four years is so like obviously as you get older, you know, e- each year is a, is a smaller percentage of your life. Like four years, that's like 
you know that, that's really nothing but yeah, yeah. when you're 18 like, four years my there's God, so much ahead like, of you there's so much more that's ahead like of you yeah. almost a quarter of my life to that point um yeah. but it, it does feel you know i really felt that pressure not academically as i said i didn't didn't give a shit about academics but just this kind of sense that i had to find out what i wanted to do with my life what i was meant to do that all that kind of like highfalutin bullshit I mean, that's not really that, that uncommon, though. I mean, that's how they sell school to no. people. Like, if you yeah. look at the brochures that they send you, and they, oh, God. they even fucking send videos and whatever. Those brochures like, are... It was like, all it's sales. A, it's, it was all yeah. fucking sales. It's like, well, it's in that. all our culture, too. It's all of our movies and books and yeah. TV and just everything. Oh, I, I have a question to ask yeah. you guys. Like, uh, let's say, like, towards, like, your senior year, did you have an idea of what you wanted to, what you were going to do afterwards? Because I didn't. And I look back at it, especially as an international student, I, I really had no idea about visas or whatever. I, I think I applied to, like, two internships. Um, but I, I, I was actually, like, afraid of going to, like, career services because I didn't want them to tell me, like, what the fuck have you been doing the last few years? Um, <laughs> so I, I was, you know, I was totally out of the loop and I kept myself out of that loop because I didn't want to know the truth. But what about you guys? Um, well, I, I, you know, if I, if I had stayed at Dartmouth, I probably would have been sort of similar to you, but um, I had a very practical degree from Pace. So I went to career services and like the second interview I got, I got a job. So, you know, I was pretty much like, I knew what I wanted to do and that's what, you know, but that I'm not typical. I don't think, I think most people who finish, um, you know, liberal arts degree or something, uh, don't necessarily know what they're going to do, but I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah, me too. I wanted to do biology and get an advanced degree. And like a lot of the people that I was around were, you know, like, uh, pre-med, or engineering so they were all kind of uh gunning for like medical school or phd programs so we all kind of just like went that path i had no idea i i I was just like i just got a job after after college and i was like this job sucks like i fucking hate this job and so i just (laughs) wait what was that job exactly i was a software engineer at uh oh really really and uh for like a like for a East Coast.com called it, it's just it was it just blue. I was like, this is it's just lame. Like I was just like this whole this whole everyone here sucks. This whole thing sucks. Um and so I just did what if you don't know what you do, you just go back to grad school. So I went back to grad school. Um yeah, no idea. Uh and uh yeah. I don't think I don't know. I did you? Did you like I, I feel like people generally don't. Wait, me? Like, yeah. Are you talking about me? Yeah. No, I had no idea. Yeah. I I didn't even particularly like my major. I just did it because yeah. I don't know. It, it, it already like I knew I I, okay, I was I was thinking I was I wanted to be an English history or like international relations uh, concentrator. English I, I dropped because I, I I took enough English classes to realize I just like really hated writing those papers where it's like what is mm, the meaning yeah. of the feather in chapter seven of <laughs> you know like I, I I don't give a shit I'm just making up shit I can't respect myself for devoting time to this history was fine but I always felt like you know history is just kind of seems like BS I can just read all these books on my own I don't really understand why I need a degree for this. So international relations was basically poli sci and, and you know, learn a language. So like, oh, let's yeah. pick a language yeah, yeah. I want to learn. But I had no real interest in it. And I remember being at graduation 
And, you know, all these people, their names are getting called called up, like, you know, so-and-so, like, magna cum laude, so-and-so honors in something. Me, they just called my name. <laughs> and I just walked up and I was oh, like, no. no, and I was perfectly, <laughs> I was perfectly content. I was like, this is exactly what I should get because I'm, like, so unremarkable as a student. And from then on, though, I made a vow. I was like, you know what, I, I want to... Like, some of these students were so dedicated to their work. They were, like, Fulbright scholars. They were, like, some of them were, like, Rhodes scholars. You know, those people. Like, I want to find out what I want to do that that I want to, like, excel at as they do. I know it's not, like, measuring in international relations. Because <laughs> that was just <laughs> something I did because I had to check off a box. But, yeah, uh, I remember I remember that at uh, graduation. <laughs> <laughs> Oxford condo. Come get your diploma. <laughs> Oxford condo. Uh, pretty good attendance, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think people who do the Rhodes... So I mean, with all respect to people who win Rhodes Scholarship, I mean, they it produces, like... What did Noam Chomsky say about it? Like, obsequious people? You know? Like oh, just yeah? People, yeah. It's, it's, you know, just... It, it creates people's like that guy, the uh, Pete Butt... What is his name? Butt chug, butt chug, butt chug, butt chug, butt chug, butt chug, scholar. chug, butt 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 it's it's like Man, what, what an embarrassment. So embarrassing. They started debate team and they just never stopped. It's like Ted Cruz. That's what I'm talking about. That's who, yep. that's who goes on to win Rhodes Scholarship. Except Jin. Jin's cool. Jin's like the exception. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. I hope. He's breaking the... He's like, like you know, like everything breaking else in his molds. life. He's breaking molds. That's right. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, any, any final... I, I think we're... I think we uh, talked for a while now. This, see, this is what... This this tells you college versus high school. This was like a very mellow podcast. Wait, what, what do you mean mellow? We talked about like depression... <laughs> Uh, friends dying in our arms. Yeah, mellow. Like, well, or, or okay, I, not mellow, but I mean, like, um, it's uh, it's not as it's not as like bright and as loud as high school. I think it's a more like it's a little bit more yeah, complicated. Yeah, no, the time I, I than high school. Yeah, I would agree. It, you know, what I'm saying, like, yeah. it's it's more complex. Yeah. It's more complex. Uh, well, because like ha- high school, I would say like half of high school, you're you're still like so stupid. It, you're you're basically like a, like a cow or something. You're just, like, <laughs> it's so passive. Everything's just happening to you. But yeah. I think at least in college, you're still stupid, but you're more aware. You're starting to you're, see yeah. the wider world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're getting exposed to things like that. Are now your parents aren't there to help interpret? Yeah, and... you're, you you have that kind of like stupid intelligence where you're like mm-hmm. like it's an observant. It's an observant intelligence like you, you kind of are learning but there's nothing you can do about ah, it yeah you know what i mean yeah it's like when you're hanging out with your you know friends or hallmates at like 2 a.m and you're like having these deep conversations like what if there was no god <laughs> you know, what? oh yeah no we love dude see we love doing that shit but we were just stoned off our asses it was <laughs> that's how we did it you know like it was fun but we were just completely stoned Oh, uh, actually, I did a little addendum to my um, birthday story. So, uh, so uh, you know, I was at my party. I was, like, pissed off because, like, all these people I expected to show up didn't. Um, so I, like, s- left my own party. My friends, I think, like, tried to take me to a bar. But um, I was like, ah, fuck this. And I left. I remember and it was, like, snowy because this is, like, February. And I remember getting mad. And I just, like, threw my phone against this building. Okay, wow. And, like, smashed 
and it landed in the snow. And then my friends were like, you know, like, Oxford, what are you doing? And then they tried to go find my phone in the snowbank. So I'm like, no, leave it. I don't want to find it. <laughs> fuck the phone. I, I'm tired of like, you know, like, fuck society. I'm going to go off the grid. <laughs> Damn, you, you, then, you are a writer. Holy shit. Yeah. That's some writerly shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then I go to bed. Yeah, that's right. And then I wake up. No, and then I wake up hungover and dizzy. And I'm like, where's my phone? Oh, fuck, what did I do? <laughs> and I go back out there. And I, and then thankfully I found my phone. Was it working? In, in what? And it worked like the the back like this is like a very like primitive flip phone. Ah. The, the, like the battery cover fell off, so my battery was ex- uh, like exposed. But thankfully, it still worked. So that tells you that tells you what we've lost. If you threw like this modern smartphone, oh dude, it'd be done. Bother, you wouldn't even bother going look for no. looking for it. Like, yeah, oh, fuck it, it, it would have blown up like a grenade. Yeah. It would have yeah. made a hole in the wall. Yeah. Yeah, some things get worse. Why? Why did I bring that up? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> Because we were talking about how mellow shit was. <laughs> I don't know. But. I, I'm a pretty, like, even-keeled kind of person. Like, high school was, you know, uh, very smooth sailing for me. Afterwards, after post-college was mostly smooth sailing. But I'm like, fucking college. It was, like, so up and down, melodramatic. Mm. But not, like externally I, it wasn't like i was getting into fights people were like you know girls slapping me in the face not that kind of melodramatic it was like very like <laughs> it was very like internalized melodrama it was all going on in my head so it's oh, like yeah. it would make for very bad reality tv the emo con- the, the emo concert makes sense now <laughs> is this you know the other thing is you went to an all guys catholic school maybe like that was it was just like getting thrown yeah, into this maybe that, that maybe that like temporarily f- fucked me up for a while you know yeah. dealing with women is yeah <laughs> you gotta you gotta manage that stuff early on it's tough no offense diane i'm just saying from the guys, from the guys perspective, perspective women are women are something we have to carefully manage you know? i'm sure i'm sure the women feel yeah. the same way too yeah, exactly. The, th- the thing is, when I went to college, after having gone to an all-boys school since ninth grade, I actually did not want more than a girlfriend. Because I had a girlfriend when I was a senior in high school. What I actually wanted was, like, a really close female friend, which I never had. Like, yeah, I had, like, female friends when I was in elementary school. But, you know, you're too young. I was like, that's what I really wanted. Because you went to an all-guy school. <laughs> you, didn't have any girl- you didn't have any friends that were girls. You're probably like, tell me about what it's like to be a girl. Actually, what, what I felt when I was in college was, like, I, I think... All the stuff I should have experienced in high school, I'm now experiencing in college. And I was like, yeah. damn, I'm, I'm fucking behind everything. Yeah, yeah. And like, only yeah. now am I catching up. Especially, like, I think that first year when, like, you're yeah. just colliding. So many things. You're out of your parents' home. You have all this freedom. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. people like me, like, the opposite gender is, like, everywhere. Yeah. yeah it, it, it is a bit overwhelming. That's why high school, that's why high school, you, you always talk about it like it was so easy. But I'm like, you have to deal with girls. <laughs> Dealing with girls in high school was nerve-wracking. Yeah, that's what I said. You know, in the high school episode, it cut cut down on a lot of, like, drama, you know? Uh, I, I will say this. I mean, we, some of you talked about, you know, if I think, Mark, you said, like, would, would you go to, you know, Dartmouth if I can't, if you could, and you don't know if you did. After all this time, I look back on it. I am thankful for every experience I had. And I think, yeah, if I would do it again, I probably would because I mm. think, in the end, they were all valuable experiences. And I think it does give you, like, a good hate fuel is not is not is too strong a term but just like that just you know that kind of drive like i want to like prove these people wrong or whatever i i do find that very uh energizing okay. so mm-hmm. no regrets fair enough that's cool diana any any last thoughts yeah i think at the end of the day like what you learn in in the classes is nothing compared to what you learn um socially yeah i was gonna say i don't i don't like 
what the fuck did I learn? I don't even remember. Is that, is that the classic? <laughs> I don't remember shit. <laughs> yeah. What what Ivy League bullshit feels like? I, I like so, here's some of the classes I took. This like geology class uh, on the moon. Like what the fuck is that useful for? <laughs> uh, modern architecture, which was interesting because you learn a few names that you can name drop at, at like parties to seem smart. Um, I took actually I took an acting class, which was very, very. Uh, was, it was probably my favorite class just because it actually. Um, yeah, it's like I, I don't want to say this all at the end because it, it it actually like goes into. But it 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 really. Long story short, helped me like reconcile just, like being Asian. You you did the whole Ivy League. Like liberal arts court, uh, like tr- path trajectory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's good to just like know random things though. Like for anything you do creatively. Yeah, tri- trivia night. You could you could win like thirty bucks at trivia night. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It is valuable. So many of my experiences are like useful for comedy now. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, we're almost at two hours. So, uh, lots. Yeah, lots off our chest. A- this is this, this is very college. <laughs> this is how all my college interactions uh, ended. Uh, was just everyone going? Yep. yep. <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> That's how we resolved everything. No, yep. We're like all the right. king of the hill guys. We're just like uh, sitting and <laughs> yeah. like standing by the fence, going, yeah. like, "Yep." And just and then, walk and away. Then it, and then yeah. it just everyone just walks away. Yeah, he walk <laughs> away. It. There's no. <laughs> there's no. You know. It's like all right. I'm going. Bye. All right. Uh, yeah. This does kind of remind me of like a like discussions I would have in college, yeah. but about like earlier parts of our lives. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, maybe it's just like every every few years you just kind of like cycle through the series again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never laughed harder than in college, though. That was laughed oh, yeah. harder. Yeah, than in college, like <laughs> those are just. Was it because of your general like? marijuana level or <laughs> sometimes yeah often it was that or just just i don't know just maybe, maybe, off with maybe your, your diaphragm really. muscles yeah. were just stronger you could laugh no harder. i'm just saying that's just you know no, i don't I, know i know my, my it was it's very much about just goofing off with your friends yeah i know what you mean having a yeah yeah mm, you need to do molly i have i have i have yeah or nitrous oxide laughing gas right if you if you want to laugh again the only thing with molly that i'll say is that i i don't get I don't retain a lot from it. That's why right. I was never a huge fan. It was like it was fun at the time, at right, the moment. Right. But then it didn't. There was I didn't. There was I didn't bring anything back with me. Oh, also uh, Molly temporarily uh, cured me of my cat allergy because my friend had a cat, and I was huh. sneezing like hell before it. But when we took it, yeah. I returned back to his place. I was fine, and in the morning I slept over. In the morning I was sneezing like hell again. So well, maybe you're just ignoring it. <laughs> So maybe he just ignored it. Yeah, maybe he just ignored it. Maybe there's a mental I think, aspect. I think there's it. something in, in meth or something that maybe is better than Benadryl. It maybe I'll win a Nobel Prize if I bring that forth. Yeah, I mean it'll kill you. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> well, okay, MDMA is not meth, so let's get that. Or out whatever. What? You, you, <laughs> no, you, you're sure. You're the, sure caught up on no, your meth. The reality Mark. is, he was smoking meth. <laughs> I am very much sure of that, dude. <laughs> this emo thing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. All right, all right. That that's probably a good way to end it. So, right. thanks, thanks for being on this, guys. Yeah, good absolutely. Talk. No problem. Later, all. Later. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Escape from Plan A. As we said earlier, if you like us, please go rate us five stars on iTunes and whatever platform you listen to us on. Uh, if you have any comments or even uh, things you want to you know, suggest, such as articles, go to editor.planamag at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at planamag.com. So uh, we'll see you next week. Have a great night or morning whenever you're listening to this too. Bye, all. I want to go to college for the rest of my life. Sip Bankers Club and drink Miller Lite On Thirsty Thursday and Tuesday night ice And I can get pizza a dollar a slice So fill up my cup, let's get muffed up I'm next on the table, who want what? I am champion at their pong Alan Iverson, Akeem Olajuwon